Welcome to the Inside in Indian Country podcast, your premier source of accounting and business discussions affecting Indian Country. Presented by REDW. Hello and welcome to another episode of Inside in Indian Country, a podcast produced by REDW Advisors and CPAs. I'm your host, Wesley Benali, National Tribal Practice Leader here at RDW. On today's episode, we have an urgent and timely discussion about new federal programs, specifically from the Department of Homeland Security, trying to address cybersecurity. It's called the Tribal Cybersecurity Grant Program, and it's around $18.2 million available in federal funding to tribes to help bolster security for their IT systems and IT infrastructure. Now, who better than to have this discussion than Brian Gray from REW's IT and cybersecurity consulting practice and has over 40 years of experience in the cybersecurity field. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Hey, Wes, doing great. And thanks for the intro. Yeah, glad to be uh, here. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, thank you so much for making time out your busy schedule to meet us today. And as a team, you know, we wanted to get together quickly and provide our listeners more information on this important and very relevant uh, funding. And I know that you had some time to take a look, research, and, and really take a dive into who qualifies, what it is, and all that good stuff. So why don't we go ahead and get started with this? What is this Tribal Security Grant Program? So the Tribal Cybersecurity Grant Program, we call it TZGP because it's just too much of a mouthful to say it over and over again. <laughs> it's a it's a grant that was issued on September 27th. So we actually found out about it on the 28th, the day after it was actually issued. It has got to be one of the fastest turnaround grants that I've ever seen. Um, FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency, they issued it on the 27th. Basically, they're giving tribal nations about a month to get the application in. So basically, if, you know, until the end of October, first part of November, uh, get your application in. And then once it's in, then they review it. They look at all the information. Um, they get back to the tribal nation saying, you know, you need to change this. You need to add this. This doesn't meet our, our requirements, whatever. All that's got to be done before January, because on January 10th, they issue the funds. So you've got like a literally a three month turnaround from, from submission of application to getting the money. And we're not talking like little dollars. You said 18.2 million. Well, that's divided up across four different tiers. So depending upon how big your tribe is, uh, you know, if you have a hundred thousand people or more, you, you, you've got, um, eight tribes in there. They're going to split up $8 million. That's a million dollars plus each tribe. Um, and then, you know, down to the, uh, you know, the third tier, let's say 124, uh, uh, tribes that would be splitting about 3 million. Now here's the real key point, which is that you're going to be splitting that based upon what you can prove that you need and how many people are applying. So the more people that, or I should say the less people or less tribal nations that apply and get funding, you're going to split it up more and more money. So the good thing is, is that there's some real, there's some big hoops that you have to jump through here in order to be able to get your application in and get, uh, you know, certified and, and be able to get the money. But when you do, you've got a good chance of, you know, bringing in some pretty good dollars because there's not going to be a lot of, uh, tribal nations out there that can actually be able to turn this around that quick. 
That's a that's a good point. And I know that we had about a week ago, or I can't remember my days, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know that uh, we had some team members at the Native American Finance Officers Association conference, and you know they they reached out to you because there was a lot of chat about this program and what it is and how can they get access to it. And, you know, you're, you're obviously on top of it. So, you know, kudos to you, Brian, and your team for really, you know, staying on top of this. So if, um, you know, if, if I was a, a, a tribal member or not tribal member, but a tribal uh, nation and, and so forth, is there a way maybe you can kind of describe the application process? Maybe what are the general eligibility requirements? I know you broke it down by tier. Uh, you, you did provide a good timeline, you know. Uh, maybe just once again, just reiterate, you know, what is what is the uh, key deadline and what should should tribes be really thinking about with respect to right. Oh, it's it's got a lot of uh, requirements to it. The let, Let's go through first the requirements, which is one, you've got to have an internal grant admin administrator. So you can't go out and um, outsource this to some other company to write your grant for you. Uh, you're going to have to have an internal ed. Now, having said that, that doesn't mean that you can't get assistance. So right now, we've got uh, three tribal nations I'm working with right now to put together all of their documentation so that they can be able to use that grant admin who typically doesn't know anything about cybersecurity and probably has never you know, issued or, or applied for a cybersecurity grant that allows that person to do nothing but you know submit the paperwork. So you've got to meet the four criteria first. So let's talk about those. One, you've got to have a internal grant admin. You have to have a CIO. You have to have a CISO, or you have to have a person in IT management that has the ability and knowledge of IT and cybersecurity. Now, there's reasons for that going forward. Um, second one is that you have to have a specific documentation that's been built. Now, it doesn't mean you have to have a already done. It means you just got to get it together, put it together and submit it and say, this is what we've got. So one of them is a charter. The charter document talks about how the nation was formed and how this group or, you know, entity is going to do their work, their process, how they're going to make decisions. Uh, you've got to have a cybersecurity planning committee, which means that you've got to have a group and it's actually, it has to list the members actually in it, but this group is going to determine how cybersecurity is going to be planned and function within the tribal nation. They want to make sure that all this stuff is ready so that when they give you the money, that the, the tribal nation has the ability to be able to spend the money in the right way to make a difference in protecting the, the nation. And then the last one is you've got to have a plan, a cybersecurity plan. Now, this is one of the areas to where I would say 80% of the tribal nations that I work with across the country don't have a cybersecurity plan. And that basically... It's really not that difficult. It's just a matter of understanding where your risks are, understanding where your biggest problems are, and then saying, here's the things we're going to tackle. This is how much it's going to cost. This is how long it's going to take. This is the people that are going to be involved in it. And all these all these bits of information go together to form a plan. So we've built plans for you know dozens and dozens of, of companies, um, including, like I said, travel nations. So it's no different for uh, you know Boeing Aircraft Company or you know, um, ABC news, doesn't matter who the company is or what industry they're in. Um, you've got to build a plan that talks about what vulnerabilities you found, what risks you have and how you're going to address them. So those are the key things. 
um, that you've got to have as far as for being able to submit the application. Now, the application submission process is not an easy one. And and I think that's what's going to keep a lot of tribal nations from A, they're going to look at it and they're going to go, oh, this is just too much work. It looks like I'm going to build a pyramid, you know, you know uh, I better get myself a million people and figure out where I'm going to get all this rock quarried. And, you know, now it, it looks daunting, but when you've done it a few times, like what we have, you actually break it down into a very, very good workable, reusable process. So let me run through it real quick, just at the high level, because if I went down into the details, uh, this wouldn't be a podcast. This would be a book like War and Peace. Okay. <laughs> so first thing is the, uh, the tribal nation, if they don't have one, they have to have what's called an employee identification number, EIN. They have to uh, uh, register with SAM if they don't have one, S-A-M, um, at SAM.gov in order to get that. They have to register with grants.gov. They have to um, make sure that they're a registered federally recognized tribal government. It means that they're on the national registry of being federally recognized. If they're not, they can't apply for this. And most nations know whether or not they're federally recognized or not. Um, I think that at last number, it's 574 or 584. Well, she'd probably know it better than I would. Um, yeah, but close. Yeah, yeah. But there, there's about 580 uh, rec- federally recognized tribal nations out there. And then, like I said, you would know, you know, every nation would know what their population is and they would know where they would fit in within the uh, the tiers, the four tiers based on tribal size. Uh, once you've got that, you get all your documentation together and your grant admin has to submit an approved draft of the charter with all of the information, all the documents including investment justifications. Now, those are the ones that are the hardest. That means for everything that you're asking for money for, you've got to build in the reasons why you're going to prove that this money not not just needed, but that it's going to be used in the right ways. And so that is one of the areas we find that most of the tribal nations we're working with are having a difficult time. So we help them, like I said, from, from start to, to finish. Um, you know, building the plan, building committee lists, setting up a committee, uh, getting the done and getting all the documents done so that they can be able to, you know, put them in and, and get them in the grant. Um, but once the, uh, once the paperwork's in, and this is one of the reasons we keep telling everybody, you got to get it in quick because once you get it in, you're in a queue. And I don't know how many people have ever been to uh, England, but the queue is like the thing in, in all of England. You get into a queue and then, you know, you're in line waiting and, uh, it it can be a terribly long wait if you're one of the last ones in the queue, uh, here with FEMA and with CISA, once you've submitted your application, you get into the queue. And then when they get to your application, you know, starting from the first ones in first ones out. When they get to your application, they review it, and they're going to look for all sorts of things. We know the things they're looking for. So that's why we can kind of be ahead of it a little bit to where we can make sure that we keep the minimum number of things they're going to say that we need a requested change. We need you to change this. We need you to add to this. We need this one done differently. This one didn't use the right template or form or whatever. We know a lot of that stuff they'll be looking for so that we can hopefully help you keep from this back and forth process happening. Once FEMA and CISA, C-I-S-A, uh, once they have um, looked at, reviewed your application, told everything to the your grant admin that needs to be changed differently, then we go in, we help make the changes, and then we get that proof. And a lot of times they will require proof 
of the changes that are being implemented or done. So you've got to have the proof also on with that, and it's got to be submitted before January because on January 10th, they're going to issue the funds. So if your information isn't in by 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time on January 10th, 2024, you don't get money, period. If yours is in, you've been confirmed, FEMA and CISA have said they reviewed it and they stamped your, your application for approved, then you're going to split some amount of money based upon how many other tribes got their stuff done by January 10th. So it's not an easy process, but it's one well worth the money because, uh, like I said, we haven't seen a grant come out with this kind of a quick turnaround. Usually it's a matter of submit your application, we'll look at it sometime next year, and in 2025, we may you know, give you some money, but by then, you know, your applications are no longer valid because the technology is already out of date, you know, yep. so you got to make changes to it. And, and, you know, it's, a, it's a pain in the butt, but in this one, we're seeing a very aggressive schedule, but it's going to give, you know, $18.2 million in January. So, right. Yeah. That's yeah. good point, Brian. You know, I, and I think it's something that is, is, is of great need. I, I know that, you know, when we come across several situations where, you know, uh, tribal nation governments have been, you know, um, you know, um, handcuffed with uh, some sort yeah. of some spam or, or whatnot. And for those of you that, you know, tune into our podcast regularly, you know, we've talked about, um, with Brian here, several episodes before this about, you know, what is a risk assessment? How does that play into, um, you know, your, your organization's um, operations and such. And so, you know, if you guys had contacted Brian prior, you know, you would have a risk assessment already set. How are you going to use the money to invest? You know, and I'd highly encourage you guys to reach out to Brian to maybe really think about that and, and see if a risk assessment will help you answer some of those questions that are on the form or in the application process, because you can probably use those federal dollars to help pay for some of those, those services. But, um, uh, you know, in, in in addition to that, you know, Brian, um, what do you think, um, and how can listeners learn more and get any additional updates on this grant opportunity? You know, besides reaching out to you and and so forth. Well, I, I tell you, the easiest way is uh, just reach out to me. Send me an email. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. um, my contact information is on the radw.com website. Um, and there's also a, uh, a, a way of being able to click on there, put in your information and it will send me a message. And then I can get back to you at your email address. But I've built an actual document that gives the basics of everything we've talked about here. Uh, the basics of it anyways, because like I said, if I wrote it all in a book, it would be a book and most mm -hmm. people don't want to read a book. Um, but if they send me an email, I can send you the document that outlines what the, the basic requirements are for this and how we can help. Uh, we built a matrix that actually goes through and allows us to be able to say, okay, here's all the documents you have to uh, build and have ready for the application. You tell us what you have, what you don't have, then we can come in and we can build these for you. And because you take, you know, you fill out this matrix with, I have this, but I don't have this. It allows us to be able to figure out, okay, this is how much time it's going to take us to be able to help you get this grant through. And time is of the essence right now, because You've really got only until, you know, middle of October, you know, uh, which we're, we're right now, we're at the 16th. We're at the middle of October. So you've got between the middle of October and sometime in November that you've got to get the application in 
Otherwise, you're going to be so far back in the queue. I don't know if you're going to be able to, you know, they'll be able to review it before December. And then you're talking about having maybe days or weeks to be able to get back to them with whatever changes, you know, need to be made. So, like I said, right now, time is of the essence, but there's a lot of things that um, we do to jump in to be able to help the tribal nation be able to get this stuff together as quickly as possible and get it out there. And that's what this document shows. Yeah, that's that's definitely a great point. Um, well, you know, uh, for those of you that listen, you know, typically our podcasts go a little longer, but this is really to get the information out, really share what Brian knows, uh, more importantly, to, you know, really push out the, the urgency and um, build a sense of urgency to uh, the tribal tribal nations that we that we serve that you know hey this is an opportunity take a look if you have any questions reach out to Brian and we really hope that you know those of you that are listening will really take advantage of this opportunity take advantage of you know building your cybersecurity defenses and and you know thank you Brian so much for sharing your expertise today with us and once again you can reach out to Brian at redw.com forward slash cybersecurity. And in addition to that, you know, we're constantly trying to stay on top of topics, anything that's out there in any country that will be useful to our listeners. And if you have any topics that you would like us to discuss or bring to the forefront, you know, please reach out to us at redw.com forward slash tribal podcast. And once again, Brian, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your busy day and sharing this information with us. And, you know, we hope that uh, a lot of people are going to be reaching out to you to get some help on this. Well, Wes, thank you very much for for hosting this. And, and as always, it's always great working with you and getting this information out to tribal nations and, you know, being able to try to help them to get some of this funding that they so desperately need to be able to secure themselves, their community, their, you know, the hospitals, the casinos, the, you know, just the nations themselves. Um, you know, using this grant money to be able to help protect them a little bit from those, you know, those countries that are attacking us and stealing so much money from the U.S. as it is. So they don't care where, where it's coming from, um, even if it's, you know, putting down a hospital. So we we really do support the efforts and, you know, my being able to take time out of my busy day is the least we can be able to do to try to get some of this information out there and help everybody understand how they can get a, get a, a piece of the pie. So. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. No, thank you so much, Brian. Thank you for listening. We hope this time has benefited you. For more information or to connect, please visit redw.com.